The hosts of Cannabis Law Talk and Leach Tishman for Scaldwell and Lample in no way encourage the illegal activity. Listeners of this podcast must be mindful that processing, using, distributing, and or selling marijuana is a federal crime. And in no legal advice given herein is intended to provide any guidance or assistance in violating federal law, nor will it provide any guidance or assistance in complying with federal law. Please also note that nothing in this podcast is intended to be deemed advice regarding the federal, state, or local tax consequences of engaging in any business in the cannabis industry. This is Cannabis Law Talk. I'm Ken Foltz. And I'm Chris Gonzalez. Cannabis Law Talk is a podcast that focuses on the business, politics, and law of cannabis, featuring some of the influencers in the industry and more. Our aim is to provide non-lawyers with a broad overview on the cannabis industry and the law in the United States, and how to better understand and navigate through this cutting-edge and always changing industry. Hi, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Law Talk. I'm Ken Foltz. And I'm Chris Gonzalez. Oh, welcome back again. Uh, we're sort of season two, I guess, technically, of yeah. our uh, podcast. Um, it is early 2020, and uh, this podcast, we're just be talking about sort of hot topics and general things that are happening in different uh, spaces. So it's not one specific topic area, uh, but we're going to be talking about different areas of the cannabis industry and the law and kind of where things are at. Uh, maybe, uh, Chris, can you lead us off talking about California and uh, we'll say some of the challenges yeah, that's they're a experiencing. Good well, actually, we're broadcasting from uh, downtown Las Vegas, so that's actually a good thing. Thanks for coming all the way across the uh, country yeah, happy, to come see me. Happy happy to come west and uh, enjoy a little bit of sunshine so, this time of year. Yeah, so let's talk about California. So my state where I practice, um, although we, we do do this across the country, um, was expected to be one of the leaders, as we know. And so, unfortunately, we hit a flat. We really have, you know, with Canada being one of the first big entities, we'll call it, to really launch, we tried to follow a model, but we tried to become the quintessential top or the best. And, you know, with, with relatively to percentage wise, I think we're expected to be about 25% to 30% of the market. And unfortunately, California's on its face, just kind of falling down on its face. Um, we've got some issues with tax issues. Um, we don't have as much of growth as we expected. We have uh, issues with some of the laws now being changed. And, you know, one unique thing, I, I have a conversation with a lot of people. They're like, oh, I want to get in business. We talk about this all the time, yeah. right? I want to invest. How do I get invested? Right. I got money. I got this. And the other day, someone said, everyone's in the cannabis space. And I said, the reality is that's not really the case. Um, it's about 80% of our communities, we'll say municipalities, are not even providing any access to the industry. That's a very small number of areas in the state. And we are... as size-wise, the largest in the country, of course. And maybe, I guess, Alaska might be a little bigger, but um, that's a problem. I mean, and within that, and we'll get into it and we'll have discussions about it too, we have some guests coming in, is the compliance issues that deal with these things are so random from state to municipality to county to local, and they're tripping over each other. I mean, Los Angeles, for example, they're looking at, I'm going to say it's a ballpark, about 100 applications around. They're looking to redo all of them which is absolutely to me insane. We've been out there for two years, two and a half years doing it, and they want to re almost recall the applications that are out there because apparently some people may have a easier access or early access. They actually got to the website early or opened early or they somehow got into it early and therefore they got on the top of the list, which is a whole nother thing on how the process is done. Is it done randomly or not? Can, can you elaborate a little bit? Because maybe some of the folks that are from in different jurisdictions, say even Pennsylvania, where um, I'm primarily located, to where, you know, the state passed the law, it's medical only right now, but 
effectively every municipality, every county, every city legally is obligated to have places where someone could actually have a facility if they were able to get a license. They're basically banned from prohibiting. They, they don't have a choice. They're legally, they, they, they have to enable that. Now, they're obviously, they can make it difficult, but they can't just basically prohibit it versus California is very different. Can you yeah, California's a unique little entity um, of itself. And that probably was a, a, an envision in the sense of let's make sure we can be the most compliant. I mean, when you think about it, the best businesses are in the compliance business. That's what we are. We talk about this all the time. We're in risk management, preventative law, compliance. We're in com- as lawyers, as a law firm, as, as legal advisors. I call us legal therapists, to be frank, at this point now, especially with these. Isn't on. that the truth? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely true. Is that the, the whole issue is compliance. And so they wanted to create a system that would make it so perfect. It's not perfect. It can never be perfect. It's going to have its flaws. And within that, by making it too, making it too perfect or trying to make it too presentable, I guess, is maybe a better way to the, to the community or to the outlets, you know, to the investors, to the individuals who are in the traditional market. And, and for, the, for the listeners, we use the word traditional market as the pseudo black market. Um, we don't like using that term because we find that to be a little pejorative in a sense. And so it's really the traditional market and trying to get those individuals in the space who have certain rights now. So within California and at the state level, within the, we'll use Los Angeles County as a great example. We have the local level, I mean, the county level, and then we have municipality level, city level. So in the city of Pasadena, for example, where our firm's located, one of our offices, they just gave out six licenses. The challenges are coming. It was, a, you know, um, I was asked to help out and advise in some of the entities that were looking to do things. And we talked about it and that was a problem. And it was a problem, not from a standpoint of who was coming in. There was tons and tons of applications. It was a problem of who got the licenses, how they got the licenses, who they are, what they've done around the state, what they've done around the country. So now you give a little preference without saying you're giving a preference. Now, is that actually happening? I don't know, but that's what well, the there's, there's always the, are. Yeah, there's always the, well, this is a you know blind selection process to sort of grade these um, license applications. But when you look at who maybe wins the license, there's eyebrows get raised. Yeah, and so I know you asked Often. a question more about how it breaks down. It's sporadic. And so there hasn't been a real true model to follow. So everyone's kind of helping off each other. It, it, I say this all the time. As lawyers, we don't really create, recreate the wheel a lot of times. So when something in the law changes that's you know, monumental or um, we'll call it case of first impression, that's, that's, a, that's a change. But for us as lawyers generally, I mean, we've been doing what, 25 years I'm doing? Yeah. You've got the same thing? Yeah. We're not really recreating the wheel. We're just trying to make the wheel a little faster, make it a little, a little prettier. And that's what the counties are trying to figure out. Which, is, which, is, which counties are doing it well? Which cities are doing it well? And they take a piece from this and a piece from that. And the problem with that I see is that the leaders of the municipalities don't have enough knowledge to figure out what's going to work and what may not work. And now we see this kind of crushing little scenario where 80% of them is like, I don't want to even deal with it because I don't even know, first of all, where to start, maybe how it's going to benefit us. So that's, that's, you know, it's a hard open end question, but no different. Let's talk about what, you know, on your side of the country, you got Illinois going on, you got Pennsylvania. I mean, Illinois is crazy. Illinois is crazy. Um, we, we were working up there towards the end of the year, working with some groups uh, that were applying for um, dispensary license um, in the new um, adult, a.k.a. recreational uh, license. Now, there are existing dispensaries that are, you know, as of January 1, they were selling um, recreationally. But these are for the new wave of dispensaries 
What's interesting is Illinois really took an approach. They really wanted to try to enable individuals that did not have significant cash to be able to get into the industry. Um, and that sort of tied into their social equity um, approach and scoring for additional points for social equity, which could be anyone who maybe had had minor crimes. Yeah, for the, for the public. So a social equity definition, and we have a show that's on definitions, and you know, I'll let you explain that, but it's essentially giving the opportunity to people who were in the traditional business opportunity to get back in the business without having any repercussions from their past. It's, it's that, and it's also individuals that um, had lived for five out of 10 years in a pretty significantly uh, economically disadvantaged area within the state. So they're really trying to you know, spread the benefits of the industry versus they look at other states. In Pennsylvania, would be probably a good example of it to where the, the bar was very high to enter that space. You know, the significant amount of cash you needed to be on the grower side, but even on the dispensary side. With the limited number of licenses, that really, you know, they, these were individuals that were pretty um, economically fit and sound to get into the industry, which you can understand they wanted to do that so they would be to have some stability and people could perform. Well, they're really trying to dilute the industry in Illinois, not in a bad way, but in a manner so individuals can get into the barriers much lower from a cash perspective. How that plays out, we'll see. How the lottery plays out in Chicago, which is very unique, that it's not, you have to score basically and qualify, and then they're just going to do a lottery. So they're saying they, they want it to be a blind. Is it ever blind? Process. Well, we, well especially Chicago. Well, <laughs> I heard a, a, a story that the first few weeks of Chicago after the new year were the biggest explosion of lines. Almost, I mean, yeah. I grew up in the 70s with watching gas lines and, you know, going to get gas, my dad, and sitting in three hours to get a full tank of gas and there are people doing the same thing hours upon hours to get product. Yeah. So it's, that, and it's, yeah, that, that was interesting to watch. And now this, um, the, this spring their Illinois is now going to be doing their craft growing license, their infuser license and the transportation license. So again, they're really breaking down the industry in smaller components. So the barriers less and people can get into specific areas and just have maybe, I think more people participating in the industry. We'll, we'll see how it works. Yeah, I hope it's a little bit in California. I'm not going to knock California. I think we still have an opportunity there in that state to do some amazing things, but there's just uh, uh, not real clarity at this point. You know, I mean, we're looking at, in some cases on the tax side, for example, I'm not sure how it is on your side of the country. Um, I do know generally, but in California, it's almost in some cases the product is being, due to the taxes, marked up 40 to 60% because of the tax, which is, it takes that makes the black market, quote unquote, traditional market, exceed and have interest for people to want to do in that market because you're, they're making much better numbers. Um, not to, listen, first of all, as we all say, we promote no one to do anything against the law. You know, federally, it's still illegal schedule one crime. In the case of uh, non-hemp products and all that, and all the hemp world is now being a little bit changed with the farm bill change in the, the new year, a couple of things that changed on total THC versus Delta 9, all that, but we'll, we won't talk about that today. Um, but it's creating an incentive for the traditional market to re- pop its head up. Well, and it's, and it really shouldn't be a surprise, frankly. I mean, no. you look at, look at, again, we'll talk back, you know, Chicago, New York city. Uh, these are cities where there's a significant black market for cigarettes because they have taxed them to such a nature and such a high amount that, you know, there are individuals that will go to Pennsylvania, go to, and they'll buy mass quantities of cigarettes and sell them literally out of suitcases really? in these cities. It, it, to, to think that that wouldn't happen in cannabis is just, 
ridiculous. I mean, because you you are going to create an economic incentive. There's a point where, um, you know, a, a portion of the population isn't going to pay that premium for it to come out of a you know legal facility. Um, but you know, then the question is, are you really is that benefiting the state or the community that much? Because now, if you're going back into the black market, where are those products coming from? Do you have any of the safety controls? Again, you have the whole vaping. Compliance um, issues again. It, you know, you look at the the, the vaping uh, epidemic yeah. that happened last year that oddly has completely disappeared from the discussions uh, nationally. But those were all pretty much you know, those were all coming from black market cartridges. They, these were not they weren't coming from traditional licensed facilities. So I think the moral uh, of today's little brief uh, opening is that due to the fact of how the state wants to be so perfect. They've created a incentive for those who are in the traditional slash black market to thrive. Um, there's been a few changes. You know, the governor in California is trying to make a couple changes, Prop 64 issues, which I can go into detail on that now. It's a little bit deep of a conversation, uh, are causing the market to shift to almost, um, I guess we'll call it a really bad correction. That's what it come, kind of comes down to. So if those people who invest in the market, you know, this is kind of in a bad correction for California. Um, can it come back? I think so. And I think some models, you know, Pennsylvania and uh, I think uh, Illinois are really trying to take a lead and trying to hopefully avoid those issues. Trying to. And we'll see. In Pennsylvania, um, they're talking about there's a couple um, bills where actually a state senator will be uh, interviewing on an upcoming session yeah. who has a bill uh, to do full adult use uh, legalization in Pennsylvania. And, you know, again, try to not, not as I would say as much as Illinois, but, you know, trying to let other parties become involved in the industry and, you know, try to how, you know, there's, it's a balancing act. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see how that works. All right. So listen, we're going to just uh, end this, wrap this session up with uh, more of uh, our typical pay attention to the rules, know the rules, ask questions, um, make sure you're educated. That's the biggest issue we, well, I think and, we give and, about. And stay up to date because it changes so quickly. If you knew the world six months ago, don't assume that that's still valid information any longer. And that's true. And even even some of our podcasts we've given out already. So, you know, go back. You can take a look at a few. There have been We've launched a few so far, a few more coming out. Take a look. They may have been some issues that changed, so bear with us on those issues. We're making sure that they're up to date as possible. Um, but again, if there's any outlet you need, you know, you can reach us at CannabisLawTalk.com. You can get to uh, your local, meet someone in your local community. Just become versed in what you're doing. That's our biggest thing. Compliance is our big thing here. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Well, anyway, that's it for uh, this little uh, session of our podcast. I'm Chris Gonzalez. And I'm Ken Foltz. We'd need to talk. That's our show. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Law Talk. You can reach us at CannabisLawTalk.com or on Twitter at CannabisLawTalk. Or you can also write us at CannabisLawTalk at LeechTishman.com. That is L-E-E-C-H- T-I-S-H-M-A-N dot com. This is Chris Gonzalez. This is Ken Foltz. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.